Hi there, this is Ella Starr with your Key Races and Bets podcast for Saturday, May 13th, 2023. This Key Races and Bets podcast is brought to you by Amwager.com, A-M-W-A-G-E-R.com, a great legal online wagering website. Amwager.com has some great tools and perks for the better and is legal to residents of most states and covers most tracks in North America as well as many around the world. Check it out. Amwager.com. You can also get the written version of this podcast, which is the Key Races and Bets blog at Amwager.com, totally free, by clicking on How to Bet and Ella Star's blog. We're going to start the Saturday, May 13th, Key Races and Bets with the Man of War Stakes, Race 5 at Belmont with a post time of 3.07 p.m. Eastern. When trainer Charles Appleby ships a horse to the U.S., we must take note, and such is the case with Warren Point, who has a very strong career record of four wins, two seconds, and a third in seven starts. A race lens query reveals that over the past five years, when Appleby ships a horse to North America for a grade one race on turf, he's won 16 of 34, that's nearly 50%, and second in eight others. Similarly, when he starts a horse in a grade one race after a previous race overseas, he's 9 for 20 and 6 more have finished second. In both cases, believe it or not, betting $2 to win has yielded a profit of 55 to 71%. Warren Point can add to those numbers by repeating his most recent effort when second and just a half length behind the winner in the Amir Trophy Stakes in Qatar in February in a field of 12. He earned a career-best 113 Equibase speed figure for that effort, which is on par with the 112 and 113 figures earned by other horses in the race in similar graded stakes like this one. As a four-year-old, and as he's making his third start of 2023, Warren Point has improving to do, and he gets the services of world-class jockey Frank Dettori to boot. Red Knight changed trainers to Mike Maker prior to last July, immediately won the Colonial Cup Stakes at a mile and one-half, beating 11 other horses, and one race later he posted the 12-1 upset against a stellar field in the Kentucky Turf Cup, earning a then-career-best 1-12 figure. After a poor 11th place showing in the Breeders' Cup Turf, he was given two and a half months off and rebounded with another marathon win in the William McKnight Stakes this past winter, earning a new career-best 113 figure before being narrowly defeated by head in the Elkhorn Stakes at this 12-4-long trip last month, a race in which he battled head-in-head for the lead the entire last eighth of a mile and just came up short to Verstappen. North American lean jockey Ivan Ortiz Jr. rode Red Knight for the first and only time in the McKnight victory and returns to the saddle of the Manowar after not riding in the Elkhorn, and that can make the difference for Red Knight turning the tables on Verstappen and maybe even beating Warren Point. Verstappen won just one race before Verstappen won just one race among the first eight in his career last prior to December of last year. And it may have to do with jockey Declan Cannon, but I'm not sure. It sure seems like it because when Cannon got on for the first time, he's won three of four and finished second in the other. Verstappen earned a one oh one figure in December, one oh five February, one oh nine went second in the Kentucky Cup Classic Stakes on Tapita in March. In the Elkhorn Stakes, he continued to improve with a career-best 112 figure on par with Red Knight and with Warren Point. It was an eye-catching rally on the far turn, which moved Verstappen from 7th to the lead while in the 4-6 to six path and then battling down to the wire with Red Knight. As a 4-year-old with room to improve, Verstappen has every right to run another big race and be competitive down to the wire. 
In the Man of War, race 5 at Belmont, post 307 on Saturday, May 13th. I like Warren Point as a low odds overlay, 8 to 5 or more. He may not be those odds, so we're going to have some exactas and trifecta keys coming up to make up for that instead of betting him to win. But I absolutely would consider a win bet on value engineering at odds of 4 to 1 and on Verstappen at odds of 4 to 1 or more because they offer a lot of value in this race. Red Knight has fair odds of 4-1 to one also, but opens at 7-2 and is unlikely to offer requisite value for a win bet. And I forgot to mention Value Engineering put in two big races in a row before a poor effort in the Elkhorn. He opens at 12-1. to one. Certainly that last race, if you could draw a line through it, he's got a big shot. So that's why I will consider a win bet on Value Engineering and Verstappen at 4-1 to one or more. If we do get good odds on both Value Engineering and Verstappen, when betting two horses to win, there's a tool called Dutching Tool, which gives you a mathematical edge by prorating your wagers. And Amwager.com has a free dutching tool in which you can set the amount you want to bet or the amount you want to win. And all the math is done for you. That's just one of many tools at Amwager.com. For the exactas, the main exacta here is Warren Point over Red Knight for stopping in value engineering because that's instead of a win bet. Then for an exacta box, I want to box all four, Warren Point, value, Red Knight, for stopping and value engineering. And then for the trifecta key, again, instead of betting Warren Point to win, it's going to be Warren Point over Red Knight for stopping and value engineering over Red Knight for stopping and value engineering. So, for example, for the trifecta, for a $1 trifecta, that's a $6 bet. $6 to win is going to get about $18 back. This $6 could get $30 or $40 back on the trifecta. We also have some opportunities here to play some daily doubles from race 5 to race 6, which is the Peter Pan sticks. So the first double is going to be Warren Point in race 5, and in race 6, Archangelo, Asmodeus, and Bishop's Bay. Archangelo, Asmodeus, and Bishop's Bay. The second double is going to be Warren Point, Red Knight, Verstappen, and Value Engineering in race 5, with Archangelo, Asmodeus, and Bishop's Bay in race 6. Moving on to race 6 at Belmont on Saturday, May 13th. This is the Peter Pan Stakes with a post of 340. And this is sometimes considered a prep for the Belmont, but it's a race for three-year-olds who got a little later start than the horses have been running in derby preps and, of course, the derby. Archangelo should not be 10 to 1 in the morning line, in my opinion. Maybe he should be 4 to 1, but not 10, considering his most recent race on March 18th at Gulfstream was a career best effort, which earned him a 97 equibase speed figure. That is the fastest and highest figure in this field, even better than the 96 figure 8 to 5 morning line favorite Bishop's Bay earned in his debut in February. Archangelo should run even better second after two months off, and Javier Castellano, who was up for the first time in victory last month, rides back. Arcangelo put in a really nice five furlong workout in 59 and change at Belmont coming in the race. There's no question he can get the nine furlong as the son of Arrogate, who's produced multiple stakes winners at nine furlongs, including Secret Oath. Bishop's Bay is a contender, but a very poor win bet, so we use him on exactas and doubles. He is two for two, and the second win off the pair came in his first route, but he's still one of four horses in the field who has never run nine furlongs. At least with Archangelo, we're getting value for this question, but not on Bishop's Bay. Brad Cox continues to remain hot and is winning nearly a third of the time back-to-back, and Bishop's Bay has good tactical speed, so we can expect him to be anywhere from on the lead to third in the early stages and still around at the wire as he's the son of Uncle Mo and should get the trip. As Modius rounds out the trio of contenders, he's another horse which should not be going to post double-digit odds, but yet he opens at 15-1. to 1. 
Just like Archangelo, Asmodeus has only a maiden win to his credit, but most of these have the same record. And at this time of year, late starters like this group, who missed derby preps, can make the leap from maiden to stakes. Asmodeus added blinkers last out and won nicely after missing by a nose prior to that. That effort earned a field-high 103 Echo Bay Speed Figure one before last. So if he can run back to it, he can absolutely post the upset. In the Peter Pan Stakes, race 6 at Belmont, post 340 on Saturday, May 13th. I'm going to look to bet Archangel and Asmodeus to win at 4-1 to one or more and hopefully cash some double tickets as well. And this is another superb race to use in Dutchie Tool, which is free, easy at Amberger.com. If they go to post at about their morning lines, Archangel at 10 and Asmodeus at 15 both offer a lot of value. Moving on to the third race on this week's Key Races and Bets podcast. And this is the Long Branch Stakes Race 8 at Monmouth with a post of 405 Eastern. Another race for just three-year-olds. Trainer Reed has a pair of horses here in Didinger and 90% Maddie. And interestingly enough, he named Paco Lopez to ride Didinger. Did not make a name a jockey on 90% Maddie, which suggests he's only likely to run one and not the other. Regardless... These are the two keys to profit in the race with a combined record of six wins in five seconds in 14 races. Dinger opens at a higher odds of 8-1 to one as compared to a stablemate, and he might be better too as well as he's never been off the board and tri-stakes for the first time off a very strong five-length win last month. That win followed four months off, so Dinger is likely to improve nicely second off the layoff as well. 90% Maddie stretched out to two turns for the first time this past February. It was beaten more than 50 lengths in the Withers, but that had to be an outlier as he won by nearly 10 lengths in non-graded stakes next month, March, and then got beat ahead only on the wire in the Federico Tessio in April. He had stalked in second and opened up, was run down well clear of the next horse, and the winner that race performed is expected to run in the Preakness Stakes. For the exact, I'm also going to throw in Coffee with Chris with six first or second place finishes in 12 races. Awfully cool, coming off a five-length win off the claim. And Hayes strike the 3-1 to one starting second choice, but with just two wins in 10 races. I'm taking a stand against the 5-2 to two starting favorite Slip Mahoney as he benefited from the mud when second in the Gotham and ran poorly in the wood. Other than that, he only has a made win to his credit, and that was around one turn. In the Long Branch Stakes, race 8 at Monmouth, post 405 Eastern, I'm looking for win bets on Didinger and 90% Maddie, either or both at 2-1 to one or more. For the exacta, I want to play Didinger and 90% Maddie over Didinger, 90% Maddie, Coffee with Chris, Awfully Cool and Hay Strike. And then I want to turn around and play an exacta of Didinger, 90% Maddie, Coffee with Chris, Awfully Cool and Hay Strike over Didinger and 90% Maddie. If they both run, and if Didinger and 90% Maddie run first and second, we cash both bets. Moving on to the last race on this key races and bets, Podcast, this is the San Luis Ray Stakes, Race 9 Santa Anita, with a post of 8-11 Eastern. We'll start with Planetario, who imported from his native Brazil sometime early last year and into the barn of Hall of Fame trainer Dick Mandela. He'd won 5 of 8 all on grass in South America, including two Group 1 races, all on left-handed tracks as running North America. He made his... U.S. debut last June in a classified allowance race really didn't show much, finishing fifth of six. However, now after 11 months off, Mandela sees fit to put Planetario in this grade three stakes, and that's a big sign. The horse won at this 12-4-long trip on grass in his final race in Brazil in November 2021, earning a 110 Echo Bay speed figure, which would likely beat these. Tyson Mochar earned a 110 figure, in the San Gabriel Stakes, winning it last December, and Opie earned a 112 figure in a turf race at Saratoga, but in 2021. The rest of the field is far behind in terms of class and speed, 
and how well their best races stack up. As such, Planetario, who is one for one at this 12 furlong trip, gets top billing. Dyson Mochara deserves respect, though. He won San Gabriel at nine furlongs last December and finished second in the Charlie Whittingham in April. Most importantly, finished second in this race last year. One of only two times he's run this 12 furlong distance. As such, that being said, with a record of four wins, five seconds, and three thirds in 20 starts compared to five wins and nine starts with no seconds and thirds for Planetario, Dyson Mocharo may not be a good win bet at likely odds of three to one or less, but he's definitely a contender. Awfully Naughty posted that 11-1 upset in the Whittingham, his first start after four months off. He led late and missed by a nose at this 12-for-long trip last October, and making his second start off a layoff in this race, the same or better of an effort that put him forth five weeks ago, might be expected, so Awfully Naughty rounds out a trio of contenders in the San Luis Race Stakes. In the San Luis Race Stakes, Race 9 in San Anita post 8-11 Eastern. I'm looking to make a win bet on Planetary at 2-1 or more. And then I want to box the exacta of Planetario, Dicey Mochara, and Awfully Naughty. Don't forget, you can get the written version of this Key Races and Bets podcast, which is the Key Races and Bets blog. It is totally free at amwager.com. Just go to amwager.com, A-M-W-A-G-E-R.com. Click on How to Bet and LSTAR's blog. No login needed. But while you're there, if you aren't already a member, look around. I think you'll be very happy. I'll be betting there all weekend, and I hope you will as well. Good luck, and talk to you next week.